0: Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of If I Only Knew. Today, I'm once again joined by my excellent co-host, Fred. It's fantastic fantastic to have him back for a few more episodes, and uh, we're very excited to talk today about something um, that's maybe a tiny bit overdue. So, good day, Fred. Good to chat to you again. Good to see you, Matt. Good to excellent. be
1: back. I'm excited uh, about this episode.
0: Yeah, well, it's something that you maybe aren't so across, so I'm very interested to, to talk a little bit about this. So, I want to talk today about... Um, someone who I'm going to characterize as a very masculine um, internet celebrity called Andrew Tate. Now, Andrew Tate's um, developed this really big following over the last three or four months um, in online spaces, particularly TikTok. um, And he has a fascinating method by which he's developed this following, a really dangerous method and a fascinating and dangerous set of ethos that he Advocates for, and that people have really latched onto. It's a very masculine, a very dominant, very anti-feminist, anti-equality ethos, and I think it's worth investigating some of the reasons why this has appealed to so many people. Now, I think this is a really important conversation because of the sheer scale that Andrew Tate has reached, but it seems to only be mostly in in specific subgroups. So, I'm totally across Andrew Tate. I've I've written a uni essay on him actually, but Fred, you've kind of heard of the name. Rung some bells about misogyny, right? But not much else. Is is that kind of it?
1: Look, I hadn't heard until you. I had heard snippets, but not really invested any time. And I think it's interesting that it's almost invisible to me because I think it's very much about uh, this person's audience being a much younger mm. uh, male audience, and I wouldn't represent this demographic. Mm. So if you were to distill his philosophies down, Matt, in a way that uh, educated our listeners like me, because there's a lot of people about
0: my age that do uh-huh. listen, what's this guy stand for? So I think the the best way to think about it, at least in my mind, is a really traditional um, valorization of old style masculinity right? And I'm not thinking like 80s or 70s masculinity. It almost feels a lot more like 1700s masculinity or something that says women should be in the kitchen serving their men. Um, men should be out conquering the world is a, is a phrase that he uses. We want, we want hierarchy. We want dominance. We want physical control. We want, um, value based on like sexual performance. Um, and, and so it's, it's quite a, a older style of masculinity, um, that, that he's really pushing, really promoting. And, and it's based on physical domination and, like, strength. It's based on, like, the ability to get sex, the ability to have money, the ability to gain power without any real consideration of maybe more um, softer kinds of masculinities that might be starting to develop in, in the modern world. Sounds like he hates women, Matt. Um, it seems to be, at the very least, he's called himself absolutely a misogynist that's a direct quote um so he certainly seems to uh hate women or at least uh, has very little respect for them as as equals um and and that's kind of a big part of the the um, narrative which he pushes so he kind of he starts with uh trying to get people in Particularly young men in with a handful of funny or, or provocative or relatable um, ideas or content concepts, right? So the one that I think is most interesting, most fascinating, is he starts with some form of men's health advice, right, Fred? So given this podcast, I think this is quite funny to talk about. Um, but he he has a very viral video about his opinion on young men vaping, right? You, you, vaping is like the the e-cigarettes that you can do, right? Um, and and he says. Um, he basically thinks you're absolutely stupid if you vape and don't expect it to have um, problems for your health. Um, and so he says, um, and then he goes on to say, why the why the hell are you vaping? If I had a son, he wouldn't have time to vape. I'd slap that shit out of his hand and he'd be having to do push-ups. Why, why are you vaping? You should be doing push-ups instead. So very, very physically focused, very much like, oh, you should be looking after yourself by getting strong all that kind of thing. Um and and I think this is advice that appeals to a lot of young men who either find themselves vaping, but maybe feel like it's not the best thing for them. But it's they they've they've fallen into this social habit, or people who are like critical of this spread of 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 um, what is ultimately a, a nicotine addiction among young people, um, and 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 these are kind of very baseline ways where he says he's trying to appeal to this masculine narrative of saying you need to be strong you need to not vape you need to, you need to look after yourself and that gets people listening to it that gets people watching it um and that's one of the kind of entryways of seemingly innocuous almost quite funny videos then we have a whole heap of other um much more you know dangerous in my view um, opinions that he starts to share so the key ones uh to me are about like the objectification sexualization and exploitation of women right um it's saying he talks um at times about how he has his seven girlfriends that he wants to go make him a sandwich or whatever um and he talks about how um men should be the ones like taking control that that they want women who are going to be staying at home and looking after them and not being social and not having friends he wants to um have girlfriends who are like a lot younger than him, like 20 or 19 or 18, because he thinks they haven't had any experience in life. And so they're easier for him to shape, like really manipulative, really controlling, really messed up kind of narratives. And this is all stuff he very confidently and proudly kind of shares with his followers. Now, this narrative has consequences, right? Fred? And um, the, the thing that I think has really catapulted this out of the internet space and into the more like news mainstream, and probably the reason why some of our listeners might've heard of him, there's a handful of um, news articles and reporting about the impact of Andrew Tate in schools. So because it's online, because a lot of young people are online, a lot of kids even are online, um, a lot of these kids are, are listening to it. And some of them are totally subscribing to his funny and macho thoughts, ha, ha, ha. Um, and and what this is produced is, is, in the words of some teachers, is kind of like... Um, uh, a, a pandemic of Andrew Tate in their classrooms, um, mm. which has resulted in you know, a sexual harassment of female teachers or really poor behaviour um, in class and, and a complete lack of respect for women in these classrooms. Now, I'm hesitant to say moral panic about the children, this is only bad because it's affecting kids, all that kind of thing. I don't think that's at all true. But it's really striking that people especially kids without the critical thinking to see how wrong this man is, uh, are absolutely subscribing to it. And and while I might listen to Andrew Tate and think, what the hell are you talking about? Like you asked you it's almost comical sometimes, some of the uh, very silly things and and, and completely um, unbased claims he makes. If you already subscribe to those thoughts, if, if you don't, think critically about them, or if you're just engaged by the fact that he's a funny ha ha macho man um i think it's it's really dangerous um so so i think i wanted to ask you just a little bit Fred. like these traditional values i feel like there's been a social effort to fight against them for quite a while a few decades even um but i worry that they're starting to be like a lot more appealing especially the young men as we have like a a progression of um, conservative internet commentators promoting these traditionalist values I, I kind of trace a connection between like Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson and most recently Andrew Tate there are differences between all these commentators but I think they really appeal to this idea of tradition um, that's kind of worrying me is that something that, that, that you're concerned about or that you've thought of at all? One of the things I love about
1: this podcast is the way that you put things up for us to consider and This one for me is a really fascinating thing because there's a formula to the way that all of those people do what they do. Mm, mm. You mentioned some commentators, Ben Shapiro's one, Andrew Tate's one. I don't know Andrew Tate's work. I know Jordan Peterson. I know Ben Shapiro. One of the things that they do is that they're not completely unreasonable Mm. and they're not always wrong. Mm, So it is almost by extension, if you can suppress disbelief because they give you three things, for example, vaping is bad, physical health is good, Mm -hmm. Um, I used to be a professional athlete, if you want to succeed and you want to emulate what I did, I want you to put down the vape stick, and I want you to do push-ups. Now, on face value, isn't that a really powerful message? There's nothing wrong with that inherently. Hmm. In fact, a lot of people would say, what fantastic advice. Hmm. And just because that piece of advice is right, it doesn't mean the person is right. A broken clock can be right twice a day. But you notice how there is a formula that they drag you in with. Hmm. They drag you in with, firstly, sort of, I think it's a mockery or a humor around contentious issues, you know, to get you to laugh about stuff that softens you up for the real thought, the heavy blow. Yeah. And one of the reasons, one of the things that you talked about that occurred to me as you're speaking is that this individual has picked an audience and his audience, are. traditionally going to be adolescent men and men with adolescent attitudes yeah and one of the things we know about those people is that they're navigating life in a really complex way they're trying to manage hormones their place in societal hierarchies what it means to be who they are what it means to be of their current gender and one of the things that really uh captivates that group of people is a sense of belonging Mm. and we know young men are angry Not all young men and not about everything and not all the time, but there's an implied rage. And what all of those conservative commentators do well is they create this concept of us and them. Mm -hmm. Now, if your them is weaker but more desirable and you want what they have to offer but haven't gotten it yet, you can really, really, really succumb to this whispering in the ear. Don't mm-hmm. wait for a woman to give you what you want. You be a man and take it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is where the danger lies. It is about sprouting hate. I don't, I could honestly say to you, I don't know that he believes in what he believes in. I think you no. can live a lifestyle that benefits. One of the things about professional fighters, you gotta remember is they develop the most, the best capacity to talk controversial shit Hmm. because it's a marketing ploy. You want to build up stuff for a fight. Tell them that you're going to eat the opponent's children. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is a famous quote from Mike Tyson to Lennox Lewis. I'm going to eat his children. Okay. It doesn't
0: seem very believable, does it?
1: It's, it's not only isn't it believable, but it's just overtly macho. Yeah. Yeah. But what it does in the current society is it challenges young men in a way that says um, everything that we've evolved beyond, because I want to talk about these traditional beliefs, mm. everything that we've evolved beyond uh, has weakened us.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So I don't believe there has ever been um, wholesale endorsement for what we would call traditional family roles in western culture Mm. where dad worked was a breadwinner mum was a stay-at-home i know plenty of people in that environment my mother was a stay-at-home mother um with that said for every example of that you can find in human history you can find three examples of non-traditional relationships Mm. um so it is a myth and it's a myth that's perpetrated predominantly by religion and there is a power dynamic Mm. it is a very misogynistic myth that men are the you know the 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 lions if you like and women are the lionesses where if you know anything about anthropology they're equally as dangerous for different reasons Mm. why do you think though matt given that i think this is this is the worst sort of um lowest common denominator marketing Mm. and monetizing people's rage and developmental journey to a point where it doesn't resonate with someone like you because you're a little bit too old and a little bit too educated to buy into it Hmm why do you think it resonates now? What is it about now
0: that this guy is getting traction? Hmm. I think the idea, you briefly touched on religion, and I think this is a fascinating idea, because Andrew Tate will often espouse very orthodox, traditional Christian views. He, he, I watched a clip of him chatting to some mates saying, oh, we need to go to Romania. We need to, we need to drive around Eastern Europe in our supercars and, and have a joyride and have a great time, um, one of his mates said. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to smash loads of puss, right? Like we're going to have a lot of sex. Um, and he, he was like, ha, ha, yeah, yeah. But in between, we'll go to church and pray for forgiveness. And, and it's just the most like incongruous, like kind of how on earth do you maintain these two diametrically opposed views, being like a man of God, but also being this macho, sex-having, dominating physical fighting force. And to me, this really speaks to the idea that Andrew Tate doesn't actually believe his 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 language. And I think I'll touch on this at the end because I think this is a really great tool if anyone's worried about the influence that Tate has been having on you know, people in their lives. But Tate doesn't actually believe in this. It's, it's, a, it's a persona that he's developed to um, stir controversy and gain attention. But I think the idea of religion is really interesting. Why are why why is his persona about religion, why has he chosen religion as something to add to his persona? And I really think this is because in many ways we see a a real degradation of of clear and understandable social roles, a real sense of a lack of meaning and a lack of direction for a lot of young people, particularly young men, and, and while I've never been a huge supporter of organized religion, I can disagree with organized religion while also recognizing that it played a really fundamental role in establishing and maintaining the fabric of society. And I think as we've, as we've eroded it, we've tried to replace it with science, we've tried to replace it with rationalism, we've tried to replace it with individualization, but none of these, th- none of these things have really created the same kind of social fabric that I think a lot of um, disaffected people are looking for. And so I, I think that the telling inclusion of religion in in his um, language and his repertoire, to me, uh, starts to reveal something about why this is so relevant now. And I think it's because we're seeing this, this degradation of social institutions that have been so important for a very long time. I'm of the opinion that our kind of Social development, our social growth, is being far outpaced by our technological and physical growth in, in the world. So, um, I don't think we've yet developed the social tools to really come to terms with the with the um, human, personal, and social consequences of information technology like social media. Um, despite the fact that these things are running ahead with leaps and bounds, um, and I think if we're like lacking this social technology, if that's one way you want to think about it, um, I think it's unsurprising that so many people are falling through the cracks as our as our physical world rushes ahead. Um, and I want to—I just want to stop yeah, you there for a sec because there's two
1: key points there: one about religion and one about technology. And I know that we're going to speak about algorithms and how this guy mm. gets um, promoted mm. through this technology, but I want to—I want to—I want to draw a point around religion. I actually think it's more insidious than you've painted it. I I don't disagree that religion um, is very uh, relevant in terms of social construct. But the issue is, and if you listen to that quote that you're talking about, he plays into the base fallacy of religion that a man can be perfectly imperfect and do whatever he wants. Right. And then another guy, because it's always a man, um, can wave a hand, issue some prayers, and absolve you of
0: that. Mm, mm.
1: And isn't that a really dangerous attitude? So I can treat people like shit. Mm. I can go on a tour of rampage, treat people like less than and simply have that sin absolved, which if you actually knew anything about the way that uh, christianity works you have to actually not want to do it or do it again for the absolution <laughs> to take effect but again it's a weird tie-in to a sense of entitlement that says i am better than mm. and i have a get out of jail free card mm, mm, mm. okay i'll go and absolve myself of these sins in order for me to sin again now The reality is he doesn't believe they're a sin. He believes it's an entitlement. Mm. And that's a real concern because the other element that everybody worries about about younger generations is their sense of entitlement. Mm. So here you've got a guy modelling what I suspect is quite a flashy lifestyle.
0: Yes, very much so.
1: So he is saying I'm an archetype of success. I eat what I want. I have Mm. sex with what I want. I drive what I want. You too can be like me. You too should aspire to be like me. Mm, mm. And take what you want from these weaker individuals. Mm. And there is where that physical exercise thing comes in. Be powerful, be strong. Mm. Now, one of the things that if you know anything about young men, as you come into your own, and I was a young man once, (laughs) the idea of how strong you are, how big you are, how much you can lift that's actually quite validating. Mm, mm. Okay, I don't know if you've ever gone to the gym and, and tried to, you know, lift more weight than a for mate. For sure. For sure. Or if you've done more free throws in a row than a mate, yeah. but it's this concept of cont- uh, contest, yeah. if you like, yeah. that in a way defines, you know, your physical presence in the world. And it's quite intoxicating. So he's got a formula, Matt. Yeah. Okay. This guy's got a formula. He's locked onto a formula. Um, and, in, in a lot of ways, the formula itself is more dangerous than the person. Mm, yeah. Because it's not an unattainable formula. You and I could create that same sort of stir using you as the archetype.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Okay? But if we gave you a small amount of fame, then uh, you would magnify your message. So profile allows you to magnify your message.
0: mm, mm
1: and if you're using that that formula which and i would imagine Matt you'll have to tell me if I'm wrong is he monetizing these views through social media
0: absolutely but he monetizes it through uh, uh, through a system that I'll talk about in a moment when i get to how well, we like kind yeah. of yeah cool so so the question i think you're absolutely right right he's he's out here trying to um, play to this playbook that he's almost written for himself, right? And and it's a personal gain and it's it's got its own uh got its own consequences. I think the real the real takeaway that I'd like to leave our listeners with is if you're worried about Andrew Tate in people's lives, how do you kind of try and delegitimize him? How do you try and defuse the the influence he can have? And that's really difficult. There's obviously no simple way to go about it. But I think that if you know you're being manipulated, it's a lot harder to be manipulated, right? There are some people who won't want to believe that he is out there just to exploit them. But I think there's some really clear evidence. The first one is the vehicle by which he monetizes this. And it is quite literally a pyramid scheme. So he runs something that he calls Hustlers University. Um, And basically the idea is that people can subscribe or buy into um, Hustlers University for for their subscription. And if you get other people to buy in as well, um, you take a portion of the money they pay to Hustlers Mm -hmm. University. Right, which is how the money, the pyramid scheme works. You, yep. you bring people in and they give you money as well as giving the person at the top money. Uh, and you give the person who brought you in money as well. Um, it's a pyramid scheme. It's illegal for a very clear reason. It doesn't take brains. It's not clever. It's not good business. It's not interesting. It's exploitative. It's stupid. It's it's just takes advantage of a bubble, a confidence bubble that draws people in until everyone at the bottom suffers, right? Um, what, what he's been able to do with his rise to fame is leverage that influence to really expand Hustlers University to really expand his um does Hustlers
1: University have content Matt like yes
0: it does so it's meant to teach you how to be like an entrepreneur how to be a hustler right how to go out and make money and be successful I've got no idea what it actually says but that's how it promotes itself it says I'm going to teach you to be successful like me Right? That's the the pitch. Um, because that is really the 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 aspiration that he sells to people, the aspiration to be like him. Um but but so so one way I think we can understand that people are being manipulated is that he has a very clear profit motive by raising his profile. His profit motive is get more people involved in my pyramid scheme so more people participate with me. Um and and, and I think it's it's worth really iterating that this is not like him being really clever and saying, oh, look at how fantastic this, this is. If if everyone was allowed to make pyramid schemes, pyramid schemes would be way more po- common and way more people would make money. It's just that they're banned. You get, you get like, taken to court for running pyramid schemes. Um, I had a, I had a someone who I know who um, thought, who, who who was listening to some of the earlier stuff of Tate and who was like, oh, look, but, but you know, but he's smart, though. He, he made the scheme. I'm like, no, he's not being intelligent here. He's just... Exploiting people through a very well-worn and well-understood program. The thing that um, the, the, the second thing that, that I think is really important here is to recognise how um, deeply cynically he's come to influence. Right? He hasn't he hasn't organically rose through the the ranks of like the 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 market of ideas to gain the prominence that he has he he has had a very explicit agenda to stir up controversy to manipulate an algorithm such that he gets promoted in the way he has been promoted right um and this starts with a baseline of the first um however many people that were in hustles university with him is he he explicitly told them to post his most controversial videos online through tiktok um and got got like maybe all these like decentralized um, channels to post his content, his controversial content, to stir up controversy such that those videos would get tons of interaction, right? They get interaction from their supporters, people who agree, and interaction from their critics, people who disagree. It's that controversy that makes algorithms think that these videos are getting engagement, which means they get promoted further, which creates a cycle in which they get more engagement and get further promoted. Now, you could argue this is clever, um, but he's also just uh, gamed a really quite um simple ai in my view an ai that takes controversy as engagement and says i'm going to promote this he's gone out and said controversial controversial stuff so that he can get that engagement and then has had people pay attention to it that doesn't seem clever that doesn't seem business-like or successful to me that just seems like someone who learned some basics about how the ai works and was willing to say controversial shit to get a marketing scheme going right um so I think those are two really key ideas to try and undermine his legitimacy. He's out here with a profit motive and he's only here because he took advantage of an AI. Like that's doesn't seem all that clever. If we undermine him as being this successful businessman, this, this, this capable and dynamic entrepreneur, I think it makes him slightly less appealing to his audience. Um, and I also think like in regards to the things he says, I think pointing out like the deep contradictions between them, such as the religion versus, you know, sexual promiscuity stuff, um, is a really good place to start in terms of, if you actually follow what he says, it's not only contradictory, it's also like dumb and impossible to live by. Um, and I think that those are some really good ways to, to you know, if, if there are people who are listening to him, I'd really encourage um, our listeners to like have a conversation with people who listen to him and say, what, what what, do you like? about? What does he say that you like? And just and just keep prompting them. Oh, can you tell me a bit more about that? Can you, well, what, what else does he like? And try and find the contradictions that begin to emerge. Because I think inevitably they, they do start to emerge from the, uh, from the, content he produces so just while matt's been
1: talking and i have been listening i jumped on to uh the official hustlers university site and it's Excellent. now up to its third iteration mm. uh, and talk about a dog whistle so you got a lot of videos of andrew tate um on what appears to be a private jet yes there's a great photo of andrew tate sitting on his phone with a an exercise bag full of it appears to be British pounds next to him, like a bulging bag of right, money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the tip for young practitioners: if you look at his uh, the Hustlers University staff, I've never seen. Um, and I'm just going to put this out there, and I may have lived a sheltered life. If you look at a mainstream university staff, I've never seen anybody's eyes blacked out to hide their identity <laughs> on the faculty staff list.
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I'm just going to go out on a limb, going to go around on a limb and say, may not be the most credible stuff, but for $49.95, I can start my journey. One thing I noticed is it's got no financial licensing. Mm. It's giving lots of information about how you make money, but it's not a registered financial advisor in any country. could be wrong about that, but that's just a quick look. One of the things I want to pull you up on though, Matt, is he hasn't invented anything here. One of the yeah. things you said is he's lucked on to this thing. And it's his formula. I want to say that this this um, methodology is older, is as old as time. So yes, he's speaking yes. to the disaffected in an effort to monetize his own. It's all about him. Yeah. Okay. We see it in politics. We see it in religion. We see it in um, some of these charismatic sort of cults. Mm. One of the things I think is really interesting. And, and I don't, you know, I'm not into the kids. You know, kids are all vulnerable and all the rest of it. But there is no doubt that what he's trying to replicate are more mainstream organisations like Scientology,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it's about you pay to learn, you bring others in and benefit when they learn. And we have a secret for yeah. success yeah. that only we know. And if you pay enough and learn enough, one day you too can get to a level where the really big book of secrets opens yeah, up yeah 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 okay? so this guy is as um, is as original as uh, you know knockoff adidas a, you know <laughs> you yeah. know in a Thai market you know there's nothing there's nothing new here yeah what's interesting though is he's gone down the path of a really low denominator which is cut corners to get rich quick take Mm. what you want you deserve it Mm. and when you put those messages to young men it's no surprise that societally there are some consequences and you see it unfortunately in in particular areas of our environment where uh, people see sport or entertainment as a way of cutting a corner to to become uh, something not I think it's really interesting. There's a parallel for me at the moment, Uh, very timely at the moment. Everybody knows that Kanye West has fallen out with a lot of his. Yes. uh, Kanye West has done this um, and very famous for creating controversy to preempt a product launch. Uh, But it's actually now gotten to a point where he believed enough of his own press that he's pushed the envelope (laughs) so far. Yeah, Yeah. That the, the algorithm, the formula, he stepped outside of the parameters and he's now being sanctioned for it. So the one thing I'd say whenever we see um, content like this is quite simply, don't believe the hype. If there were shortcuts and ways through for anybody in life, they'd be so well defined and publicized. We'd already know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say bad things about Andrew Tate because he was once um, a professional uh, athlete in a combat sport. So if he ever gets to Australia, I don't want him punching the shit out of me. <laughs> with that said, I think he's not had an original idea in his life. Mm. I think he's got a good photographer and some bullshit. Mm. And um, I think he's compensating for penis envy because he can't actually do any of what he says he can do with women. I think this guy's probably taken so many chemicals to improve his physique that there's a certain part, let's call it the little tape, no bueno.
0: No, and it makes it very loud, makes very loud statements about it, hey, yeah.
1: No bueno is all I'm saying, you know, out of service, nothing doing here, you know. Because I've got to tell you, Matt, all the biggest boasters I've ever worked with, ever known in my personal and professional life, all dealing with one key issue. Nothing <laughs> doing. <laughs> you
0: know? Well, this is your professional medical opinion about Andrew Tate. I'm just uh, gonna I'm just gonna put yeah. it
1: out there and say I'm more interested in a quiet guy sitting in accounts payable that's punching <laughs> above his weight because he respects women and he loves them and he's got you know a fantastic love life and he didn't have to brag to anybody. <laughs> he's the guy you want to know. He's yeah, got a absolutely. nice little blue chip stock portfolio. He's managing a standard mortgage really, really well. He's got a lovely girlfriend and a good lifestyle and he did it through hard work. Hmm. That's the guy you want to know. If you're out there, <laughs> if you're a young man listening to this and you think, you know what, but what about the Rolex? What about the private jet? Yeah, what about this? Yeah. What about that? My response is, do not believe the hype. This guy's a joke. Easy come, easy go.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that is the the message that we need more of, I think. Yeah,
1: you know, and and look, I want to say you look at some people that are these overnight successes. the one I use as an example is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who owns companies, stars in movies. And has been working on his craft for 30
0: years. Mm, yes, you not know? really an overnight sensation. No
1: really. corners cut. Yeah. You know, we're talking about hard graft and and a lot of hard work. And if you want fitness advice, jump onto the ROCKS website yeah. or do download Chris Hemsworth's fitness app because, you know, there are some guys that walk the walk and talk the talk. Hmm. They also spend tens of thousands of dollars on professional trainers a week,
0: Yeah,
1: you know, and if I had not a lot of time, lots of time and not a lot of uh, impediments with money, I too could look like Chris Hemsworth, Matt. I mean, (laughs) of course, of course. (laughs) I think what's really interesting though, is even though we're different generations, um, as soon as you grow out of your lessons, adolescence, this stuff really starts to ring as quite false stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, and we all kind of buy into this idea of, you know, at some point we're all angry men, and I don't mean to generalise, but, you know, some of us get out of there quicker than others and realise the world's quite a, you know, fulfilling place. Mm-hmm. I think poor Andrew's got a long way to go in his journey.
0: Mm-hmm. And is unfortunately
1: event- making it worse for others, it seems. And if he hears this and he wants to zero in on people, my name's Matt Blanche. And, uh, <laughs> you live in Melbourne, do you? Look, listeners, I think that's a fascinating concept. Um, and there's other stuff we're seeing at the moment. We're seeing a lot of cult of personality right now. And if there's some people that you want to talk about or you want to explore the the social, anthropological, psychological dynamic, the generational dynamic of some of the people that are out there, drop us a line. We've had some really good uh, and very interesting uh, proposed topics coming out of our comments. And we mean to deliver some of those to you um, across the next couple of weeks. Matt, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure and this has probably been something I've seen a real passion in from you given that, you know, it's quite timely and the antithesis of the way that you walk on the planet. So I don't doubt this guy gets on your nerves as much as it appears to me that he gets on your nerves. So thank you, listeners, and we'll catch
0: you next week on If I Only Knew. Awesome. Thanks very much, Fred.
1: Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better pod group production, with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Lanch, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is a podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through Triple Zero or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes, and the opinions, voiced by podcast hosts of theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copyright material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bad Pod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.